ready, so come on, baby. Welcome to Popcorn Martini Soup, a movie podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Anna. We're your hosts, here to hang out. And we always end up talking about movies. Usually over a couple of martinis. Or a warm bowl of soup. And we don't have either of those this week, which feels like an oversight because this is our season one finale. We should have had a martini ready. (laughs) We should have. (laughs) I mean, maybe like the time that we're recording this is not the time to have a martini because it's a little early in the day, but... We'll just have That's to have true. a celebrate celebratory martini later. Yeah, I'll have I'll have soup later for sure. That's definitely a good choice. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't believe. Can I just? I mean, well, I'm gonna. Never mind. I no. no please, please. <laughs> I was gonna. I feel like I want to talk about this more, like at the end. But I'm just like really proud that we've yeah. made it this far. <laughs> Me too. What started yeah. as us just like wanting to do literally anything with the amount of time we spend sitting here on zoom with each other or in a outside of the tiff theater or in a bar somewhere like talking about movies Mm -hmm. we now have like a whole season of a podcast that's so cool well okay what what have you been what have you been watching lately because i i feel like i'm in another like loop of watching the same stuff over and over again um Mm. but i don't know what what have you been watching lately um i have been doing a little bit of like tv catch up uh i know that we both watch the wilds um yes on amazon prime i watched season two which is wild it very much lives up to its name highly recommend the wilds to anyone who hasn't seen it yet it is a journey And then movie-wise, I took my dad, uh, or he took me belatedly um, for Father's Day to see Top Gun Maverick, the ultimate dad movie currently in theaters. (laughs) Yep. I wasn't sure what to expect because the original Top Gun is, like, it's a very good time. It's, like, one of the ultimate dad movies. I don't know if it's, like, the team they had behind it or the fact that they waited so long to make this. Everything felt like the perfect blend of like homage to the original Top Gun and improvement and updating the things that happen in an 80s movie like it was all brought Mm -hmm. into 2022 and I had such a good time (laughs) it was so fun there are some very beautiful people in this movie I am like not a Miles Teller person but I know there are lots of Miles Teller people out there Um, but here we are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was great. What about you? What have you been watching? Um, I went to see Marcel the Shell, which is in theaters now, and it's one of the cutest movies. It's so, so cute Aww. and heartwarming. Um, yeah, so that was a really great one as well. Yeah, I definitely need to see that. I feel like everybody I've talked to about it has just said that it's like the most wholesome thing that they've ever seen and that's exactly the energy that i need yeah yeah i feel like i have so many questions for you about marcel the shell um i'm very excited to see it but neither it nor top gun have anything to do with our theme today so (laughs) (laughs) we will we will put those aside for now but i think that we should get going on the purpose for our uh, gathering today we have bonded over movies obviously but another thing that we have bonded over 
which like only made sense to make this our, our series finale or our season finale, I think, is food. We both yeah. really love food. I mean, it's in our podcast name, you know? And That's, yeah, like we, we titled the podcast after the kinds of food that we enjoy while we're watching movies or as part of our like collective movie going experience. Mm-hmm. The different kind of like process around food as well, the cooking of it, the preparation of it, the eating it, and then like being full from it, just the whole cycle around food in general is just like so beautiful. And to see that in like movie format is so cool. So yeah, I'm super excited to talk about these very different types of movies, each of them that we picked today. Yeah, we have like quite a spectrum from sort of like classic like comfort food movies mm-hmm. to some stuff that is uh, a little more artsy and out there if you yeah. can call them that <laughs> okay all right let's get into it okay so this first movie i feel is kind of like i don't know if cliche is the right word but just kind of like quintessential like food movie um, and we're talking about Julie and Julia. Yeah, possibly one of the first movies you think of when you think of food movies. Yeah, this is one of the first movies that popped into my mind because um, there's obviously so many, so many great movies that are like food centric for sure. But for some reason, this came up because I think like when I think of food, it's like cozy, it's comfort, it's, you know, like it's a feel good. And this movie is a feel good. It's cozy, it's easy, it's like not too really serious. And I don't know. Um, So this is something that I've I mean, I've rewatched this like many, many times, almost kind of like playing music in the background Mm. sort of way. I just have it playing. Um, and yeah, I love this movie. It's so cute. <laughs> it is. Well, and it also has, like you were talking about just now, like that, that dedication to the, the process of food and how people relate to it. Like it's so much about her going, like Julie going through this journey of recreating Julia's dishes and yeah. finding herself along the way and feeling this sense of accomplishment and having a sense of direction for her life and like the fact that so much of that is tied up in food and that can all be like very complicated and very heavy but it doesn't feel that way in this movie it feels Mm -hmm. like warm and sweet and purposeful is really nice and then to like mix that in with just like the absolutely delightful scenes of Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci I yeah it's so smart so there's a version out there with just Julia Child's scenes, mm, okay. Without, <laughs> so just Meryl <laughs> Streep, completely scenes. cut out Amy Adams. Yeah, and like that's the version that I live for. <laughs> I mean, the whole package is cute and everything. I like, you know, I watched it once with the whole thing, but like, I I usually skip Amy Adams scenes. <laughs> Which is like any other movie, you would not be saying that because it's Amy Adams and she is usually the best part of a movie. But when you put her in a movie and you pair up Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci as Julia and Paul Child, like they are undoubtedly going to be the best part. Yeah. In France, eating all the food that they're doing. And so much butter. So much butter. Okay. Can I say something about butter? Yes. This movie and butter, (laughs) like... 
main character energy is where butter is in this movie. Um, I also feel like we need to bring <laughs> the thirst buzzer for just butter. For butter. Right now. <laughs> Cue it up. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Like, I feel like butter kind of gets an unfair reputation because we had that totally. whole diet culture thing and it's like butter makes yes. you fat and whatever. We should be celebrating butter the way that Julia Child celebrates butter. Absolutely. Butter is so essential to, like, it just makes the food whole. Yes. It's so good. I love butter. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get so hungry recording this episode. Oh, my God. I'm already. I'm already (laughs) super hungry. Um, but yeah, just like the opening scene with like, um, I think Meryl and, um, Stanley Tucci and they're at a restaurant and like the fish comes Mm -hmm. out with like the butter just sizzling on top. (sighs) So good. You know, I know that we're going to, well, part of the reason why I wanted to bring up the thirst buzzer is because I mean, food and sex is something that's going to come up so much through the movies that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Um, So I feel like giving a thirst buzzer to butter, dedicating it to butter makes sense. That's (laughs) the perfect way to start us off. (laughs) I also Uh, love with this movie that this feels like a Nora Ephron movie. And mm. I, I love so many of her movies and I love that you can tell when you're watching one of her movies because of the way it feels and yeah. that she brought that to food, which is also, like we said, such a like comforting, warm feeling. I don't know. Like it just it works in all of the ways it needs to work to just like settle in and you almost don't notice the two hours because you're just like warm and cozy and watching these beautiful people make and eat beautiful food. It's its a delight. Yeah. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this about every single bo- movie, but <laughs> like food and the way it connects people's stories, quite mm-hmm. literally like in this movie in particular, yeah. um, is, is really the essence for me of what food is about. Um, and... You know, at, I mean, the ending with, like, the call that Julie gets from Julia Child's, like, rep or something. Yeah. Um, at the end, kind of, you know, like, you don't, you can't really meet your heroes. Like, don't meet your heroes or whatever the saying mm-hmm. is. What is it? Yeah, yeah, don't meet your heroes. Yeah, and I think I, that ma- that kind of made it, kind of like, a little bit grounded in, in the story, too. Like, it wasn't just kind of like a fantasy sort of feel good, but it was just kind right. of you know, a sad moment, I guess. And it was kind of, yeah. Yeah. And watching her like really dedicate her life to this for a year and see like getting so swept up in both the, like the magic of it, but also like the really hard reality of, of having nights where you're like, I don't even want to like look at this cookbook. I don't want to think about making like a 10 step two hour meal right now like life gets in the way and you're exhausted and you're angry and you don't want to do stuff and watching that all play out for her and having it like come out in the way she is like preparing meals or not preparing meals or trying something and failing at it and just like that escalating that frustration and like it it all goes back to like whatever's happening internally yeah it's all like expressed through the food that she's making um, and so it's a really, that's a really interesting way I find of like 
externalizing her character journey as she goes along on this yeah where it's like not only is she very obviously feeling this but it's coming out in every dish that she's making I don't know I really liked that about it and I liked it as a way to like watch her like learn about herself and like learn how she's like managing this journey for herself and also watch her in like the way it comes out between her and her husband and like it's really intense for somebody to take on a project like this and dedicate themselves to it so fully and he kind of gets like lost in the mix sometimes and it's like how do you balance like you are trying to make this connection with Julia Child through food but you also like need to maintain the connections that you have in your life and like food should be such a communal welcoming thing for people but she also manages to like isolate herself in it I don't know I just I think it's a really interesting journey yeah yeah I'm just as you're talking about this I'm like maybe I skip Julie scenes because it's like very like she reminds me of the worst parts of me (laughs) Mm, interesting yeah like the impatience that she has the spurs of like anger that she just projects out and then Mm -hmm. like it's like it's also like no one you're doing you chose to do this as well you know this project that you decided to embark for whatever reason and um and she she kind of chose that to like you know commit to something and speaking of like projects and stuff I feel like you and I have talked about this on like before starting this project this Mm -hmm. podcast and like about our relationship with commitment and our relationship to like um having a sustainable and healthy relationship with committing with a project and like that's something really 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 hard to do (laughs) and obviously she struggles with it a lot and she projects that a lot to like her partner or her friends or the people around her when she's the one that she that chose to embark on this journey (laughs) so I'm like yeah I'm like oh god like this is this is hard to watch and that's yeah probably because I'm like that Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I can I can understand where you're coming from on that it's um there is this whole relationship with like setting yourself a goal or a project and sometimes it really sucks to have to stick with it and you don't always like what that brings out in you and yeah she has that moment of like like what am I even doing this for but she is like beholden to the timeline that she set for herself and like the people reading her blog and there's like this extra pressure that she internalizes and then like projects out and it affects her relationships with everyone around her and it's so easy to get like carried away and swept up in that if you can't sort of step outside of the like tunnel vision of the project you're in and see the bigger totally. picture yeah that feels like a really good lesson for uh some people to maybe learn <laughs> <laughs> no I agree I, I like especially like not to get so off track but just like through the pandemic I'm sure people have kind of like reflected on what are my hobbies like what am I doing sort of yeah. like outside of your work or outside of um what you kind of used to do day to day pre-pandemic and then now you're just kind of sitting with yourself on your own and like you know and um when you embark on like a project like like this and you kind of lean into your hobby and what you really love and then realize wait like 
why am I, why am I doing this? And like, how am I going to continue working on this without letting myself down? Mm -hmm. And that gets really, really hard. Um, but it also is like such a growth moment as well. (laughs) Like, um, I've, I've definitely learned from just like, yeah, through the pandemic particularly. And, and I feel like Amy Adams character, like Julie, you know, um, to an extent, like really glamorizes the idea of Julia Child. Like Julia mm-hmm. Child is is her icon and like goddess um, that really pulls her pulls her out of um, a lot of the kind of slumps that she goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that ending of her not really being exactly the kind of glamorized version version that she had in her mind, but then not freaking out about it, but just being kind of more of a grown up version of, <laughs> of Julie. Yeah. Um, at the end, you kind of you you definitely see that growth from like start to end in that character. And um, I don't know. I didn't. I don't think I've actually like thought about. this movie this much (laughs) I just kind of was like yeah I only want to watch Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci eat food (laughs) (laughs) which to be fair is like also an accurate reading of this movie I feel like there's like more than one thing going on here totally man something about Stanley Tucci I just want to like (laughs) take a moment for Stanley Tucci I love Meryl Streep in this like she's like the star oh yeah Um, yeah but just like Stanley Tucci as Paul is it's so perfect. perfect casting. When he gets to play that kind of like warm, loving, supportive, funny character. Yeah. You just see all of his light shine through. Like, it just seems like that is the kind of character that Stanley Tucci was born to play. Love Stanley Tucci. Can you imagine what Thanksgiving is like with like Stanley Tucci and his partner who's... um Emily Blunt's sister, right? Mm-hmm. And and then Emily with and John, John Krasinski. <laughs> My God, I want to be at that table, please. Yeah. Oh. And like cocktails with Stanley Tucci when he was doing that, like on Instagram during the pandemic, making cocktails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like one more little shout out buzzer for Christmasina. Always. Especially yeah. in this movie, but always. Yeah, he has ted- teddy bear energy. I love him so much. So kind of keeping on the feel-good track, let's talk about Chef. Um, I know that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about Jon Favreau now that he is like Disney, Star Wars, Avengers producer man. Yeah. But 2014 was a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a simpler movie. And it's very, also, again, like kind of sweet and wholesome and comforting. It's so cute. It's a cute movie. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but speaking of Marvel, like Robert Downey Jr. is in this as well. So And like, Scarlett Johansson. And ScarJo. Yeah. Wait, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> what a what a cast. <laughs> what a Marvel he, cast. He used those uh, strings from producing the Iron Man movies and was like, you two. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Here we and go. And he was like, I'm going to star in it. <laughs> you know what? It works. <laughs> I can't I can't fault him for that choice. Yeah, they're like Scarjo, you're gonna be the hot girl that I'm gonna have a crush on. <laughs> In case that wasn't the most incredibly obvious <laughs> casting there was. Yeah. Yeah. I was um like okay. A little a little uh underwhelmed by the creativity with that one, but that's fine. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that is like, is it? Are they um, divorced in this? I, I'm forgetting. Like, is Sofia Vergara like the ex-wife? I think or they're are they separating. Separating. I don't know. Whatever. But just like the fact that it's Sofia Vergara as well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Just like okay, like I guess collect the the hot babes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think, like, John Favreau is just using his, like, real-life power to create his dream scenario here. Yeah. <laughs> because would you want to be married to Sofia Vergara and then hooking up with Scarlett Johansson? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, such a, like, a boy's, boy's dream scenario. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean, that aside... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to her credit, Sofia Vergara is delightful in this movie. She's I really so loved her as like the sweet, caring mom who is also like, I know that we're like not together anymore, but you got to be here for your son and also you got to show up for yourself because everybody needs somebody like that in their life to be like that push to say, I know this is not what you want. You got to you got to go find it. Yeah, this this movie is also like similarly to Julia and Julia is like kind of, you know, it's it's pretty cheesy um, mm-hmm. comfort movie. Like you said, it's kind of like easygoing, nothing like too serious, no real curveballs, really. A person like rediscovering themselves through food. Yeah. And like the the father and son relationship too is like really cute and the way they just kind of like bond over the cooking process the food and there's this endearing moment of when I think it's like earlier on in the movie sort of when they just start kicking off their like food truck business and um, they cook together for the first time the father and son and Mm -hmm. um, the son I think makes makes like a comment about like well they're not paying for this food so who cares about like kind of like the quality of it I guess right and then he's like no pause everything we need to have a talk about this (laughs) (laughs) it's like shut it all down time for like a learning moment yeah and he kind of just kind of says like you know I'm not perfect at every every everything obviously I'm not like a great dad I'm not a great husband and yada he has this whole moment that's like super cliche and cheesy for sure Mm -hmm. but it's like so cute the way it captures his love for food and cooking and just like this is his passion and his soul and like I don't know I think as kids as well regardless of what that adult is really passionate about not even adults just like anyone around you when someone's really passionate about something and you see a glimmer of that and them doing their thing it's like you're you got so drawn to that and like yeah that was just like such a cute little moment specifically in this movie that I really loved yeah I like that they spent the time on Percy the son to show how enamored he is with all of it and how much he's like even though his dad is letting him down pretty consistently at the beginning of the movie, he still just really wants to be a part of what he's doing. He still looks up to him so much and showing that like you can rebuild that relationship. Like if you find the thing that connects you back together, like your kid is going to love you and like you can you can come back and like be what he needs for you. Yeah. Um <laughs> The ending of that sentence didn't make sense. Um, you can you can come. 
<laughs> you can come back and, and be what he needs and like he's also like helping his dad rediscover his like passions and and what he loves and what he wants to be um and that's just such a sweet dynamic that i think they both um fell into or acted really well there's that kind of like chemistry between them as father and son that feels very sweet and feels very genuine yeah and a lot of the movie hinges on that dynamic working and i don't know i bought into it speaking of relationships and stuff too um john's character and actually both john's john leguizamo (laughs) yes i'm saying his last name right um great actor he's in like truly everything like i grew up with so many movies with him in it he's amazing (laughs) every time he shows up i'm like oh my god you again (laughs) i know exactly so incredible um but just like the relationship the between those two Mm -hmm. on the surface it's like these dudes in a kitchen running a food truck and like that could be such a toxic environment and like you can see some of that in when he's at the working at the restaurant at the beginning how that environment becomes toxic but when you get that like just the three of them in the truck it's so wholesome and you can tell that they just like they love each other they love what they're doing and it strips away all of the like shitty restaurant politics of it all yeah and it's like we're boiling it down to like the love of food and the connection between these people and that is yeah so sweet i i love that so much of this movie hinges on twitter beef i was just about to say that. <laughs> it's like oh, so 2014 he like he would have been twitter's main character that day yeah and like you never want to be the main character on twitter <laughs> And then just, yeah. yeah, watching how it's like, oh, my child who, like, understands the internet has skills that can help me grow my business. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just all so, like, it's got a little bit of, like, boomer energy. It totally does. And you know why? It's because of John. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, John Favreau. <laughs> he is a boomer, so. Yeah. So Chef, Chef was really cute. And Julia and Julia was really cute. Well, actually, like, the, I, I like the way Chef, um, we kind of talked about how it depicted, like, bromance in the kitchen. And, like, mm-hmm. it was depicted very sweet. And um, and it was kind of, like, teaching a moment for, like, the son as well to be able to look up to, like, a really great relationship and a working mm-hmm. relationship between his dad and his friends and his coworkers in the kitchen. And, like you said, there was a bit of that, like, tos- toxic stuff happening at the beginning but like mostly it was like really great and sweet relationships that yeah you know you, you would admire or look up to as a kid maybe but like the next movie we're talking about is like <laughs> polar opposite to that and <laughs> lean right into the toxicity yeah right into just like toxic masculine like just toxic everything actually and that's mm-hmm. burnt from 2015 with bradley cooper in it and this is also one that's like, it's it's also, we're still on the cheesy train, I think. Um, it's still very cliche. You think about mm-hmm. like a Michelin star chef and like he's, you know, recovering from alcohol abuse and drugs and, um, you know, he has a huge, huge ego and personality mm-hmm. is like such a, you know, cliche <laughs> chef story (laughs) 
Um, and so there's nothing really, there's nothing really surprising or shocking about this movie. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think about this movie? I like, I don't love this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. it definitely has that, which, you know, from all accounts is pretty accurate to the restaurant industry, but Mm -hmm. is not necessarily, uh, something that I need to like watch play out all the time that like toxic, uh, kitchen environment. And, like, Bradley Cooper does a good job in the leading role, but I'm not, like, drawn to him. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, charmed by him. Um, he's He very much falls into the stereotype of that kind of chef. And I get that, like, you have to build him into that in order to, like, pull him down and make him change. But it, yeah. like, just really doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Sienna Miller is great. I really enjoyed her and I like, you know, her her character's storyline and like her with her daughter and her sort of struggling to be a good mother and be there for her daughter while also trying yeah. to like pursue this career and, and take this chance that could catapult her into like one of the best kitchens in the world. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it felt like there was something missing from this for me. And I think it's because I, while I appreciated what they were going for with Bradley Cooper's character, with, with Adam, mm-hmm. he just, like, never fully won me over. So I am, like, I wouldn't say I'm the opposite, but, like, <laughs> because I, I kind of take this as just, like, a, I don't know. It's a pretty superficial, like, movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, like, Bradley Cooper, first of all, is super attractive. Um, and Sienna Miller is also super attractive. Totally. Like two hot people cooking really yummy looking food. The food looks amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's comfort (laughs) for me. Yeah, that was easy. (laughs) Um, totally aware that like this, this also like the toxic, like, um, you know, this stereotype, like you said, um, and just the whole kitchen environment and everything is so hyper glamorized. Yeah. And I think that's also the part that like, as I like totally aware that it's super toxic and what does it say about me? But like, I'm like also super drawn to <laughs> toxic, toxic traits of toxic places and toxic work environments. Like, yeah. No wonder and, like, you used to work in the film industry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that these are just like really hot people being really, really toxic, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, it's all coming together now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Um, I I was I was watching Hot Ones, like the mm-hmm. YouTube YouTube show. I think Gordon Ramsay was on it, like two times now and like the first time he was on it I think he was I remember he was talking about like um how Bradley Cooper apparently approached him to like learn from him about like just to build this role like when he was filming this oh interesting um yeah and like apparently Gordon like had him over at his place and like he was just like really surprised how quickly he picked up like Bradley Cooper picked up the mannerisms and like just the speed and um of like being a chef in a kitchen space Mm. um and I'm sure just like that cocky energy as well that Gordon just (laughs) exudes and like Bradley picking that up and stuff um oh yeah if there's anyone you're gonna learn that from Gordon Ramsay is like 
the obvious choice. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I think like as much as like I I think Gordon Ramsay's so entertaining. He's <laughs> such a TV <laughs> character. Like he's not yeah. real. His he's not a real human. <laughs> he is so built for television and just like totally. trash entertainment. Um and I think that being kind of like glamorized and trans transcribed into like Bradley Cooper form in this movie with mm. Sienna Miller I was like sign me up <laughs> so totally entertaining <laughs> it, I mean Gordon yeah. Ramsay clearly because of how long he's been on TV makes great TV right like people yeah. love watching him people love sort of being on the outside looking into that dynamic and like yeah so I can see how that translates well into this movie where like Bradley Cooper is that same kind of like dominating presence and like yes it makes for like great entertainment but I just know that like I would hate that man so much in real life oh for sure oh my god yeah and while I was watching that I couldn't get over like like yes everybody is in that restaurant by by choice they have all signed up for this experience and they're like Mm -hmm. committed to this job and like making this Mm -hmm. work and I I the whole time I was sitting there like is it worth it? Like, look at what you're putting yourself through. And I, I don't know. I have a hard time sometimes, like, sitting through that and coming out on the other side, like, on their side. Totally, yeah. So I think yeah. I just was, like, predisposed to not like Bradley Cooper in this just because yeah. of, like, the type of personality he is. Yeah. IRL, like, absolutely not. Like, and I do yeah. I, like, approve this kind of, like, environment or people? It's, like, the totally opposite of what I believe in, for sure. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of, like, interesting how that exists in our, in our culture and that it's glamorized the way that it is and draws mm. a lot of attention as entertainment, too. Like you said, and the fact that I'm just like, wow, blue eyes, so beautiful. <laughs> Cook gorgeous food for me, and I will forgive all toxic traits. <laughs> Listen, we all have our weak no. spots. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but yeah, they casted just like attractive people, both men and women in yeah. this cast, yeah, to they really like, did. you know, like try to balance out the like shit that you that won't fly <laughs> you know <laughs> alicia vikander is also like so hot oh my god i what? the fact <laughs> that alicia vikander and lily james are both in this movie feels like a personal attack <laughs> like i get it i see what you're trying to do also this is such a weird like thing too but like sienna miller doesn't she have like a like half of her head is like shaved right like, she's an undercut style. yeah oh oh yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> all of the pretty blondes in this movie i cannot handle it yeah so it's not i guess like we barely talked about food i barely talked about i mean the food <laughs> looks amazing in this movie but like man think, the people are so hot in this yeah part of it is like the people are so hot that it like overshadows a little bit because what a are bit, you staring yeah. at when they're on screen you're gonna stare at them but also i think one of the differences for me at least is that the food in this is like Michelin star culinary school food. It's not mm-hmm. like comfort food. It's not totally like yeah. big warm dishes like in the last two movies. While I'm sure the food is delicious, like the whole point of Michelin starred restaurants is that they might be like super fucking fancy, but the food is amazing. But it's just like it's they're so tiny. They're on these little plates with these little <laughs> like swoops of sauce. And you're like, I yeah. can't even 
like I can't imagine what that tastes like yeah yeah right because it's I know I know what you mean it's so far-fetched like it's these like morsels of food and you're like I know what that's supposed to be but I like I can't imagine myself eating it I'm like outing myself as someone who clearly cannot afford to go to Michelin starred restaurants (laughs) so I would be surprised I would love to know if anyone's been to like a Michelin star restaurant oh my god please who's listening tell us what it's like yeah so I have a soft spot for like I think they have like a moment when they're like whenever the whenever Bradley Cooper is like spoon feeding like a sauce or something Mm. whatever like whenever there's a chef yeah and there's a spoon and there's a pot and there's a sauce (laughs) and you're trying it I'm like "Mm, yes (laughs) and do I mean it as like yum I'm hungry kind of Mm -hmm. but it's more so like thirsty side Mm -hmm. it's like yes um, Bradley Cooper you could spoon feed me that sauce (laughs) yes yeah okay I digress because the movies that I was thinking of was not about thirsty thirst content um I was thinking about no reservations as well um, oh yeah with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Aaron Eckhart Mm -hmm. and another like super cheesy super cutesy movie but like a food movie for sure um but they have like a moment where they're like blindfolding each other or something no like wait (laughs) both of them can't be blindfolded (laughs) one of them is (laughs) (laughs) one of them obviously is blindfolded and like they're trying like they're taste testing like their um Mm. like their sauce or something and they're trying to like figure out the ingredient oh my god it's so cliche and cheesy but like (laughs) i love it and then there's actually another movie that's like this like clearly it's like cheesy movies like they love a spoon sauce moment oh yeah and the other one is (laughs) have you seen spanglish with no (laughs) Paz Vega and Adam Sandler is in it um another cheesy cheesy movie don't ask me why I watch this um but I've seen it when I was super young and they also have like a moment I'm pretty sure Adam Sandler plays like a like an ex-chef or like he's a chef or something I can't even remember but he's like cooking and then like the mom in it like they do like a spoon feed moment and it's like romantic or whatever um so anyway sorry I didn't mean to put us on like a spoon sauce (laughs) train (laughs) but maybe I'm like a suburban mom you might be you might be a suburban mom I sound like a suburban mom like (laughs) I don't know and they're like mid 40s or 50s or something who's just like getting horny off of like these (laughs) cheesy movies (laughs) oh my god Shout out to all the uh, suburban moms. I hope you shout out enjoy to- <laughs> your horny kitchen content. Yeah, with a glass of wine. Oh my God, I never would have thought I'd relate to that kind of, that energy. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, oh God. Okay, let's move on. I think we've <laughs> talked enough about this movie. <laughs> it's getting weird. Okay, okay. So we kind of took like a quick break between rec- like talking about burnt and then like the next movie we're going to go into, but we actually went into like a weird tangent about like the kind of people that we're attracted to and stuff. And somehow we, and <laughs> we landed, <laughs> I mean, I say we, but this is mostly me just trying to describe how my, I don't know, attractions work, I guess. And it you landed were, on, you no, know, go ahead. You were talking about Bradley Cooper in specifically yeah. in burnt and then like, yeah. moving on from there because I was talking about like 
why I wasn't really into Bradley Cooper prior to Burnt, I don't think. And like, um, and we were trying to like figure out why and like where that come from and stuff. Right. And so like what changed when Burnt, when you saw Burnt, like what was it that sort of shifted that like, oh, you know, I'm not really attracted to him. And then, oh, okay, wait, in this instance, in this movie, in this look or attitude or whatever, I see it, I get it. And then we were talking about like, the interaction of like the visual and and then like someone's scent or like when you're around food and you can like there's that whole experience of like experiencing food with someone that you're attracted to and like how all of those factors like light up your senses into like one whole experience and so we were talking about like smells and Anna you brought up this like because I am a noted uh Chris Evans girl and you were saying that like you don't get the Chris Evans thing because mm. to you he looks like he smells like soap. Yeah. <laughs> like baby powder, like baby products, soap, like really clean and like soft, I guess. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. Just like soap. Right. Like not not like scented soaps, like not like an Aesop Aesop? Aesop. Um like with all the different scents, it's like, no, just like go to your, uh, I don't want to like brand it with like a Walmart or just go to like a drugstore and like whatever soap. Like unscented. is soap. <laughs> just like a white bar of soap. Yes. Yes. White bar soap. Chris Evans. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I think like that was the energy that I was getting from Bradley Cooper before as well. And then this character, yes, a dickhead of a of a character, like added a little bit of like edginess to it, like a little bit of dirt in that soap. <laughs> and so we ended up kind of talking about, I was like, like motor oil. Like I was thinking, because... I love Kristen Stewart as well. And I was Mm -hmm. telling you, like, Mm -hmm. Kristen Stewart does not look like she would smell like, like soap. Right. Yes. (laughs) She's not a soap girl. And then I was like, oh, this is like, it's more like motor oil. (laughs) (laughs) So we've landed on the two, uh, the, the binary of what is, what do we think a person smells like? And it is soap or motor oil and there's there there could be like a mix so like sienna miller and burnt has a bit of like she i mean she gives me like soap on her usual time but like this character in particular gives me a little bit of that motor oil (laughs) so maybe it's not a binary it's a spectrum totally yeah yeah okay because there could be a mix like for example, like I'm I'm like you being like Chris Evans girl, I'm like an Andrew girl as everyone fucking knows at this point. <laughs> and he he's like a mix to me. Like in certain times he he gives like a lot of like soapy soapiness. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's a little bit of like like a like a like a leathery mm, mixed okay. in there too. Yeah, because Andrew Garfield is not motor oil. No, he's not motor oil. No. But like, is everyone leathery... following with this this new <laughs> like these new terms that we're kind of putting together? Like we're really, really tying. We're leaning into the again, like tying it back to food movies. It's sensory, and like I feel like scent <laughs> is such a huge part. 
me trying to like reel in my like insane <laughs> way of expressing myself with my feels with these attractive people um no like senses and stuff and like smell is such a huge part of it and like I mean okay like it's way off on a tangent here for sure but like I feel like with the next movie that's coming that we're talking about um there is a lot of like food that's the way food is used is so like in a sensual way and whether Mm. that's in like a good way or bad way there's so many sort of like good movies that does it really well and then there's mm-hmm. like bad movies that does that too um and this is like maybe a combination of those things but yeah um is that like a weird transition can we get into talking about I am love <laughs> yeah we totally can cool yeah so this movie's from 2009 I believe directed by Luca Guadagnino with mm-hmm. of He's course back. Tilda Swinton in it She's back. obviously welcome back yeah. to the pod luca and tilda um i watched this quite a while back well actually i watched this um after watching call me by your name i think mm. so actually not that long ago but i was just going through like all of luca's films that he's he's directed um and this was one of them mm-hmm. um yeah i'm curious what you thought but like I haven't rewatched this. Um, so to be honest, I have kind of like a more vague memory of it. Um, and part of the reason why I haven't rewatched it is because I kind of wanted to leave it as as that one time watch only kind of like it didn't feel like a rewatch kind of movie at all to me. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. And it, it's just so it's one of those movies, again, that's really interested and in, interesting in the way food is brought in in this kind of like family dynamic and like all these romantic relationships and stuff and like how that how food is just truly like a tool to like depict a lot of those Mm -hmm. we've talked about this with um call me by your name about like the environment and the feeling that luca creates in his movies and just the way you kind of want to live in it, like, because we just want to be mm-hmm. in the sun. And, like, yeah, I don't know. So that that's definitely, like, a similar kind of energy I got from this movie. Um, but, yeah, what, what did you think? Oh, I definitely agree. I feel like Luca's version of Italy or, like, the, the version of Italy that he captures in his movies is so, like, rich for the senses. There's so much to, like, see... And you feel like you can smell things. You feel like you can, like, feel the weather. It's it's very rich in that sense. And I think that he is good at that very consistently across mm-hmm. his movies. Um, and I, I really appreciated him turning his camera on food mm-hmm. in that way. Because it really felt like the food was not only so prominent, like you said, to the relationships and to, like, establishing who these characters are and what they mm-hmm. mean to one another and, like, how they're mm-hmm. relating to each other but also being able to experience the food through his lens and like the way that he captures Italy, he also captures food, which makes it just like such a like strong sensory part of Mm -hmm. this movie. I mean, what seemed to me like very specific, like staging Mm -hmm. choices and color choices in the scenes with the food so that, so that the food is so um, 
like stand out but also feels like it belongs yeah in that right. place and like it's all yeah. very cohesive and it's really interesting how like food could be like really comforting and like the way it connects from like a person to person across the table or whatever but it also could be like really really cold as well depending on the yeah. the room's atmosphere and the and the relationship so I feel like there were quite a bit of like cold and awkward food moments in this movie too um because the relationships totally. were just so messy and like it's really it really shows in the food yeah that's a really great point where like normally and in the movies that we've talked about so far there are so many warm um scenes of togetherness that are punctuated by food versus it does feel like food almost like accentuates a distance between characters in this movie Mm -hmm. and it it does that I mean it does a little bit of both to like really show that contrast Mm -hmm. like um between Emma's character Tilda's character Emma and the man that she is like having an affair with um Antonio Mm -hmm. you you have those like very warm moments like under the sun yeah exchanging food to, to sort of build up the like sensuality of their relationship mm-hmm. and then those are so starkly contrasted with those very distant very cold very like it feels like there's no emotion it feels like there's no closeness between the characters mm-hmm. in like some of even some of the family scenes mm-hmm. um and it creates this sense of like discomfort in you without you even necessarily realizing why yeah um and it's pretty remarkable actually when you think about how he manages to create that atmosphere so clearly and use food as like a vehicle to demonstrating that yeah I don't know I'm not articulating this very well yeah I I totally agree also like describing the way you feel from food movies is so hard is clearly what I'm realizing (laughs) on this episode um, because they're so sen- they're sensory and like I it's just like hard to find the vocab to like describe all of that. But anyways, yeah, you ha- you have like a body reaction, not a thought reaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which reminds me, I wanted to like do like a special shout out to this other movie that we didn't include in this um, list for today. Um, but what you were talking about with how like food is reflecting of like relationships in the environment and all of that and how Luca does that really well actually reminded me of this movie it's Ang Lee's Eat Drink Man Woman from 1994 have you seen that no I haven't you should look up the opening sequence to this movie it's on YouTube it's like a six minute I don't know like a five six minute opening sequence where they're like a dad it's set in Taiwan as well or it was all filmed in Taiwan too um but it's just like this it's about this family and like food is obviously like a huge part of this. Like the dad is actually like an ex chef and all that. And like one thing that he does with his three daughters is they have very, very different lives, but they have to get together as a family and eat, eat food together. And he works so hard. Like the opening sequence is him preparing the food that he's going to put on the table for that evening. And it's a huge Mm. range of like dishes. It's incredible. It's such a food scene. I'm surprised. I totally forgot about this um, (laughs) for this episode. But anyways, like in that setting, the way um, food is used in that, even though like all that food is like really comforting and like, you know, particularly for like 
Asian Chinese families like surrounding one table getting together as a way of connecting and sharing the food and all of that but in this case like like um because of the setting and how kind of a little bit awkward the relationship is between them like there's a disconnect and they use food to reflect that so like one of the daughters kind of like talks shit about the food that the dad made and like it just looks really cold like it looks delicious Mm. but like you can really feel like the food is really feeling everything that's happening (laughs) (laughs) the food is a character you know um yeah and so it just it just sorry like I didn't mean to go on about this totally different movie but like no this is great it just reminded me of like the way food is like totally a tool to dial up on a lot of the emotions and feelings that are happening in that scene or in that environment or like between characters and I love it when I see directors kind of like really using food as a character as one of a cast member um Mm -hmm. and yeah Luca Luca does that um yeah totally agreed yeah well I feel I feel like we're still on the like sensory using food as like a sensory vessel to -hmm. tell stories train I guess um (laughs) from I Am Love and like getting a bit weirder and ending it on like another really quintessential like food movie I think as well and um so we're gonna talk about Tampopo from 1985 um this movie is so weird (laughs) but like really great great movie scenes but also really weird yeah yeah I mean the the scene that everybody talks about with this movie is like the couple passing the egg back and forth yeah the egg yolk you are like it's so weirdly mesmerizing like you feel like you mm-hmm. can't look away because they're just yeah it's, like you're so focused in on it but it's yeah. so strange like I, I wonder where that came from yeah and also that moment when um I think yeah the same the same guy where he's on the beach and Um, There's a group of girls that are picking oysters. I think they were oysters. And he's like, can I buy an oyster off of you? And the girl's like, yeah, sure. And then like opens it and tries to eat it and cuts his lip. And the... Mm-hmm. And this girl who looks so underage and this older <laughs> man <laughs> and she like licks his his wound. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> whole different level in terms of like sensory experience. It's like <laughs> takes it to a whole new level. But like at its core, the story is very, very simple and straightforward. It's just telling seemingly very, very different and disconnected stories mm-hmm. going on all at once. But like somehow it weirdly ties together with this, you know, the centric person, Tampopo, trying to run a ramen shop. Yeah, when you just describe it like that, when you're like, well, Tampopo owns a ramen shop and these truck drivers come in and they tell her her ramen is terrible because they know ramen and so she begs them to like help her make the best ramen and interspersed with this is completely unrelated scenes of like food creating connection between people yeah like that all sounds completely unhinged and like not not like a, a a movie with any sense of like plot or or forward direction or mm-hmm. uh, purpose but mm-hmm. it works there's also something interesting about this movie is that there's depiction of different kinds of people interacting with with food and not just like the food itself of like but like 
the way you eat food and like the different sort of like etiquette or mannerisms that come with eating a specific type of food. I mean, mm-hmm. one like iconic, iconic like moment that everyone I feel knows of other than like the egg yolk scene, which <laughs> obviously is <laughs> the standout, but like um, like the guy teaching the other guy how to eat ramen and like mm-hmm. how to appreciate it and like, <laughs> which is like, it's so dramatic and it's like, who, who came up with this? <laughs> like a but step-by-step like, guide to the, the right way to yeah, eat ramen. With, yeah. with respect and, you know, like honoring <laughs> the food and all of that. And it's just like so over the top, but I love it. Yeah. I think it's really interesting though, because it almost dives into like the socialization of food and the social socialization of like customs around food because there is this sense I think like and and it's different in different countries and different cultures of like when you go out to eat at a restaurant or when you are going over to someone's house because they've made you dinner or whatever like there are certain things that we do to like you know be respectable in public or to show appreciation for someone who's made us a meal or and you're kind of you're raised on them and you and we never really I think interrogate what those things are until mm-hmm. you are like exposed to a culture that's very different from yours like the whole concept of slurping your ramen feels very foreign to people who were raised to like you don't make noise when you eat right yeah. like it's rude to yeah. be noisy and then but mm-hmm. that is like slurping your ramen is the way to eat ramen this this movie just there's like if you break it down into just scenes or moments like the egg yolk scene or whatever, <laughs> even even that like Chinese restaurant moment too. And mm. if you look at it in pieces and you put it together, it, it overall feels kind of weird. And mm. like the story, even though is very like simple, there's so many different like strange layers that come together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also did feel that like somehow like these exaggerated experiences of food is so grounded as well in reality which I Mm. thought was like what I was really drawn to about this movie um because I remember I haven't seen this in a while like it's not something that I watch often but every time I watch it there there's something that is left with me where I'm like this is totally the way I experience food not in a literal sense necessarily (laughs) but just a feeling of like how the way they like you know, like even that very last moment of like when the ramen is just right and everyone's just slurping it and like, you know, like mm-hmm. you just experience food with your entire body and like and whether that's in like a weird sort of sensual way and whatever, <laughs> like there's so many mix of emotions that like and, and food is always present somehow in those moments. I'm not I'm not saying that like there's food in my sex life. Um there isn't <laughs> But, like, even in intimate, like, situations, I was thinking, I was actually, I wanted to ask you about, like, first date, what's, like, a restaurant or, like, a food that you would, like, go to? But anyway, I'll ask you that later. But I was just thinking about, you know, like, you meet new people or you meet, like, exes and stuff or you meet, like, so many different people, but there's, like, you're doing it over food and stuff. And so I think that's what what was so well kind of, like, captured in this. But then every time I rewatch it, I'm, like, that's like all out the door as well at the same time it's so because it's so weird I'm like how did I get all of that out of this chaotic movie um but yeah so there's just this like I I don't know if any of that makes sense but there's so many different things going on but yeah like it's still so grounded in reality to me yeah I think you get very 
swept up in it while you're watching it because there is so much going on and there are like multiple yeah. narratives happening and multiple um s- threads to follow um mm-hmm. that while you're watching you're just kind of like experiencing it taking it all in like yeah. observing a lot of the like things that seem kind of weird and chaotic and then mm-hmm. when you take a step back afterwards there are so many things in that that are very relatable and mm-hmm. um I think that there's a real understanding of like what food is to people and what food can like bring out or facilitate in people and mm-hmm. in relationships that I think a lot of other food movies are aware of but don't necessarily dig into with the same depth as this one. Yeah. Okay, so I know we're wrapping this up, but um I got to go back to the question. What if you were to go on like first date and you have to pick a restaurant um what 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 would be your go-to that's so hard because I feel like once you know a person fairly well you can kind of make a mess and it doesn't really matter yeah but on a first date you're like trying to make a good impression put your best foot Mm -hmm. forward you don't want to pick something really messy so there are so many foods that you wouldn't want to eat because they're either going to be like really you're going to make a mess of yourself like tacos or something are just going to fall apart in your lap or they're going to be really like strong smelling and then you're going to like smell Mm -hmm. like that food for the rest of the night that's really hard I feel like there are like some pastas that are safe depending on the vibe maybe like a nice pizza could be Mm -hmm. safe do you have a go-to I know you're not going on first dates but no I'm always going on first dates (laughs) (laughs) you the married woman (laughs) (laughs) um I think what I would really love is kind of different different direction to what you're describing it's definitely kind of more messy um anything where you can like cook together Mm, I like (laughs) that I don't I don't actually I like I mean here you can think of um there's like a bunch of like Chinese hot pot places where you can like you know, pick like a base soup together and then like the different ingredients and stuff and whatnot. Like that just seems like fun conversation starter because like you're on your first date, like you don't, you know, like you're there because you want to be there. But at the same time, like you're not like fully aware of like, well, what if there's like foods that like they really don't want or really mm-hmm. like or whatever. And like you'll have all that conversation for sure. But like that's a good way to know. jump in with both feet and like navigate it right from the start. Yeah, yeah. And it's also fun because there's something to do. So like in Japan, actually, there's like so many places like that. And I wish there were more of that in Toronto. But like Mm. there's places where you can do like you make your own takoyaki and stuff, the octopus balls um, where they like bring the batter, but you're like making it yourself like at the table Um, or there's. Yeah, or, like, there's deep-fried skewer stuff that are, like, all-you-can-eat. So you go get the skewers yourself and whatever you want to get, but you deep-fried it at, at the table. Like, oh. it's, like, an activity. <laughs> That's a know. great idea. Yeah, combining yeah. food, like, with an activity yeah. is a perfect first date. I guess, like, yeah. because we don't have a lot of those, we have a few, but not yeah. a lot here in Toronto. I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, when you said something where you can cook together I was mm-hmm. like immediate my, my immediate reaction was I'm not inviting a first date over to my house and I'm not going over no. to a first date's house yeah but no. you're right if no, there's no, like no. if there's the opportunity to do that together in public like at a restaurant yeah. but yeah. also like make it an activity that's the perfect yeah. scenario 
yeah it doesn't maybe i just i was just thinking it doesn't even have to be like an activity or something but maybe it's like something like foods that maybe you don't get to like try usually so you're trying mm. it together it's like adventurous yeah are there any dishes that you can think of that you saw on screen in a movie and you were immediately like oh my god give me some of that yeah i was gonna say this is so predictable but like every every ghibli movie i i can't oh, yeah. even like every every ghibli movie period absolutely um, yeah i don't even know where to begin but like one that like really pops up in my mind is like ponyo um mm. and that moment when um the mom makes like the instant ramen but she adds ham over it <laughs> and like just the way the noodles are like glistening with like the soup and it's just it's just instant noodles but like it looks so good and a million others like even like um i think it was in um castle in the sky where they just have toast and cheese over it and it's like okay like now all i want to eat is toast cheese over toast yeah and like on the anime train i was also kind of randomly thinking about um cloudy with a chance of meatballs oh my god me too (laughs) it's such a good movie yes it's i love that movie so much it used to be back when i was in kindergarten the book um the picture book Mm -hmm. and it used to be one of my like favorite picture books when I was in kindergarten and I just loved like the huge meatballs that were just like (laughs) crashing onto people and like I don't know this movie just also captures like absolutely not realistic I don't know steak flying from the sky and stuff and like Mm -hmm. you just have your mouth open and like there's like cheese just gushing into your mouth like it's not (laughs) realistic but like I love it. So like I I would love to it's not really like what it's not really answering your question of like recreating, but like I would want to be like live in that world. <laughs> oh yeah. If there is yeah. ever an extreme weather event to be experienced, it is that one, hands down. Yeah. How about you? I mean, maybe also kind of predictably, the ones that come to mind immediately are desserts. So I think a lot about the beignets from Princess and the Frog mm-hmm. because they just they're so like fluffy and powdery and yeah oh they look so good um yeah and I just can't resist a good beignet uh but also the pies from the movie waitress there are so many different pies I don't know there's there's a pie in that movie for everybody no matter what kind of pie you like and I just I cannot watch that movie unless I have a dessert available because I will immediately crave like eight different kinds of pies they just look so good yeah I love pies. Right? But yeah, like looking at all of these and talking about food and the way we connect with people and stuff, it's just kind of like making me reflect, especially since this is like our season finale and we're going to keep doing this, but just making me reflect on our journey and like the way we've Mm. connected and the way we've developed like this podcast, but also like our relationship. And I'm just like really just grateful with what, we have and what I get to do with you and um and like the the handful of people that like listen to this as well I'm so grateful for (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like I feel like I'm I'm obviously like really passionate about food even though like I still struggle to like describe how I'm passionate about them there's Mm. it's so hard to like articulate and talk about which I've really (laughs) learned through this episode to be honest um 
but it it means a lot to me and obviously it means a lot to you and like for us to get mm-hmm. together about something that means a lot to us both movies and food and just like being able to talk about this have great company in this way just I'm like really really proud and happy and grateful of all of this so yeah just wanted to say that yeah yeah me too I um I'm so appreciative that like we've been able to develop this little space um, that's been so much fun for us and like such a great creative outlet Um, and that like people are listening and like also having a good time and um, I'm so appreciative for like the things that people are saying, um, the feedback we're getting. And just to like have this little corner where we can connect with each other and with like the people who are out there on all of these things that we love, that feels so special. Yeah, we will definitely be back because now that I have experienced this, it's like it's got this little spot in my heart that I like need to keep filling with like getting to chat with you and and getting to like have this this time and this space to go over all these things we love and to hear from other people what you know what they love as well it's been a really great point of connection and i'm really grateful for that yeah so we're sort of like it's not like an end to a journey but like um it's a to be continued um we'll be back in september i think and yeah that's the time when the toronto international film festival is happening too so we'll be you know very busy and exhausted i'm sure but like excited to come back to talk about like more movies and all the things we really really love really love which we've been doing but for now like i don't know just i'm very proud of us and i think we can celebrate this this moment right now Um, okay, well, just because we're going on a break doesn't mean you can't message us or, like, <laughs> reach out to us oh my God. on thoughts. As always, you can find us um, on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Popcorn Martini Soup and at Pop Martini Soup. Um, or you can send us an email or a little voice note or however you want to shoot us a message. Um, Popcorn Martini Soup at gmail.com. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think that is it for this season. We'll be back soon. Have a great summer. And thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jess. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye.